Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans Don't Fight Fair. Written by a guy called DC. Drek, Lecar, and Jonathan sat at a bar and ran down Cantina and a run-down way station sharing drinks while waiting for a freighter that they were crewing to be refueled. Let me tell you something, boys. I'd really hate to go to war with the Mandark. Something unsettling about a three-foot-four cannon having the strength to rip your limb from limb. He got that right, and all of those eyes. Lycar agreed, his eye stalks quivering in discomfort. Firstly, though, the ver are terrifying to me. Giant snakes with natural ability to change its skin's pigment have become nearly invisible. Oh, that's true. Wouldn't even see him coming. What about you, Brem? What about the Brem? Mantids that can strike so fast your eyes can't even track the movement. During this discussion, Jonathan sat and listened, waiting for a good point to interject with his own thoughts. How? All the strengthen. Can't forget those brutes. Jonathan set down his glass. All this talk of speed and might. You know who I'd hate to go to war with? Humanity. His two fellows broke into laughter. Humans! Are you joking? You guys don't have any natural weapons. You're all squishy as hell and you aren't particularly fast. What do you think makes you so scary? A thin smile formed on Jonathan's lips. Two words, my friend. Psychological warfare. Humans will attack from the shadows, hide amongst the civilians, target your medics to cause more casualties. Our snipers will engage you from more than two clicks away. When it comes to warfare, we humans don't fight fair. So, while we may not be able to tear you apart or hit you faster than you can see, we can break you in other ways. So, um, what? Any other species can do those things, John? True, but, uh... But imagine knowing your camp is surrounded, but no attack comes from the trees for you. Have either of you ever heard of Barney the Dinosaur? End of story. Story number two. Flint Axe Meet Hardlight Axe. Written by Hardlight Serial. A human sits inside a personal transit drone. It has enough fuel and lift to get one human into orbit, and it can survive a trip back down after refueling. But that's a waste when you can just share a larger craft and travel much more efficiently. Personal transport drones aren't really for going into space, therefore moving long distances in atmosphere when the mag rail isn't available. The human opens an app on his phone, and the tiny screen shows the ground below his aircraft. That's the Reich homeworld, a construction our planetary magrail system has barely begun. First, the humans building it have to get permission from the native people. They could just ignore the Reich and build what they want than this new land. But that didn't work out so well when England tried it. And more importantly, this magrail system is for the Reich to use, not the humans. And any of the Reich tribes don't want access to global transit systems, they're welcome to walk. The human opens up his timetable app. 
The morning he secured permission from a village that loved mainly on seafood, seeing them skitter across the rock pool, stabbing at fish with the blades at the bottoms of their legs, the human was impressed. Even with such primitive technology, the species was doing well for itself. With human help and access to the rest of the Orion Spur, they were sure to thrive. This afternoon, he's supposed to make a contact with the warrior tribe. Should be fun. The personal drone slows down as it nears its afternoon's work. The warrior's tribe protocol is to approach Daltony and calibrate translators before making contact. He's a few kilometers out and infrared shows that no right within the eye shot. The drone sets down in its clearing. It'll lift off and any wild animals try to get in and hide if any Reich approach. The human gets out and walks around the back. There's a hover bike on a tow ball rack and the uncertain terrain. It's the best choice of vehicle. The matter battery is full. The human lifts off, checks the systems, gets on and flies like the drone the hover bike is self-driving. It's connected by Bluetooth to his phone, so it knows exactly where the village is. The hover bike doesn't have infrared sensors, but the phone does, and the human spends ten minutes on the way to the village on his phone out, detecting the Reich warriors before it gets within eyeshot. It's lucky they choose to hide their village in the forest. The human nears the village and stops the hover bike. He opens up the saddlebags and pulls out a quadricopter drone and a can of nanobots. He turns both on and links them to his phone. After taking a couple minutes to get used to the controls, he sends the quadricopter up through the forest canopy into the open sky. It's not a very blue sky. There isn't much water vapor in the air as on Earth. It's a hint of green in the air. He'll have to Google that later. For now, he takes the screenshots and tells the drone to come back. While the drone's on the way, he opens his photo app and examines the screenshots that he took. He finds a good but a boring-looking sky and makes a note of the RGB color value. He then opens up the Nanobot app. After rooting around the menus for a bit, he finds the paint button. He inputs the RGB code from the sky and applies the Nanobots to the quadricopter. Slowly, it starts to change color. Five minutes later, he sends the drone back up. It's now exactly the same color as the most boring patch of sky that he could find. The bit of wing that he can see through the camera is hard to make out. From a distance, it should be invisible. He flies it towards the village, approaching the limit of Bluetooth range. The quadricopter lands on the blue roof of the Reich hut, and the hut is very different blue from the blue of the sky. But the drone should be undisturbed there. They can hear the family inside. The human sits on the hover bike for a time. Periodically, he picks up his phone up and scans the forest in infrared. No Reich approach. Surrounded by blue trees, there's not much to do. He could watch YouTube videos on his phone, but the phone needs to be on for the translator app to calibrate. Listening to it feels wrong. It's somebody else's personal life. He's got it on mute. After an hour, he decides good enough and flies the quadricopter back. With the data from the few villages, which were much easier to talk to, he's got very good data set for translation. The phone will do all the work, and he will have to convince the tribe of warriors to let aliens build a train station on their land. They'll either try to kill him, or try to use the train to kill the other like. If they attack other members of their own species, he's not allowed to stop them. It's bullcrap, 
But the government says meddling too much is bad. Parliament probably watched too many old sci-fi movies. When the quadricopter gets back, he pulls back the saddlebag, and he also takes out a few choice items, including a backpack with a red cross. In an absolute emergency, the bike can home in on his phone, but what can a bunch of bike with flint axes really do? Better to be as non-threatening as possible without looking like food. He moves out of the forest and towards the collection of huts. He smiles as he always does when he rikes see him coming. They may move their huge legs in confusion is pretty funny. He stops 200 meters from the village and waits. Don't want to look like an attacker. A pair of rikes scuttle forward on their huge spider-like legs. They almost look like dinosaurs with those feathers. A few movies have bright red raptors. Being so fast and so big, they look intimidating, but that's walking pace for a Reich, and they're not holding weapons. True, their feet are knives, but the Reich usually carry hatchets into battle, even if they don't use them. He spreads his legs, reminding himself that one time he tried doing yoga, and lowers his torso in a local greeting. Hello! The Reich envoy stands still. The larger one speaks. What are you? The human can't help but smile. The Reich won't notice, but they're focusing on his legs to tell his emotion. He holds them stiffly, feigning indignation. But rude, aren't you? If you must know, I'm a human. The frick is a human. He's grinning now. He relaxes his legs and launches into the usual explanation. A human is an animal that is as smart and as strong as a Reich. Humans live in the night sky, in lands that are so far away they're impossible to see. We came here to give gifts and win allies. We want you to join us in the sky. The smaller Reich's legs bend to move his abdomen forward. That usually means interest. Gifts? So far, so good. Now to tempt them with the promise of easy travel. We want to make it easier for you to travel to other villages. Whether you attack them or befriend them, we don't care. All we want is your permission to build a strange hut near your village. It's called a Magrail Station. It'll take you to other villages very quickly, across the trail made by a human stone. The smaller Reich leans further forward, but the larger one knocks him on the leg. Not enough to damage the youngster, but maybe enough to hurt. You're full of crap, human. You say you're as smart and as strong as me, and you want me to be an ally. Well, I say you look like a tree climb and you talk like a wussy. The human isn't sure what word the translator changed to wussy, but he knows the translator took it to be a threat. And he agrees. That means he's allowed to use self-defense. He unlocks a spear from his belt and drops it on the ground. It's grey and with a blue icon shaped like a shield. The Reich don't have shields. What do you think that is, big guy? Bracket if I know... The Reich says as if he goes to take a step forward. The blade at the end of his leg stops in midair and slides downwards. It's a force field generator. Humans built it. He puts one foot behind him and one in front. The Reich equivalent of a smile. The frick it is. Ringo, get my axes. He stabs forward with the same blade and again meets solid air. The smaller Reich, Ringo, turns and runs back to the village. A Reich truly running is a sight to see. You should say freck less often. It's getting kind of boring. He pulls a metal rod from his belt. It's the right size and waits to be gripped in one hand. Ringo is back. He's got four axes and gives the bigger two to his elder. And he holds the two smaller in his own front hands. Both 
Nrike are silent. The human flicks the switch on the rod, and a glowing blue blade appears out of thin air. You gotta love hard light. The Reich settles in a defensive posture, with both axes at all four blades ready to kill. His reflexes are faster, and his muscles are stronger than a human's, whether his axe is rent or hard light. The human isn't going anywhere with that force filled up, and the Reich warrior stands tall and ready to fight. It's over, human. I have the high ground. The human grins once more, and moves his legs into an even bigger Reich smile. You underestimate my power. His back foot leaves the ground, and as he turns off the force field, he moves his weight onto his forward foot and hurls the axe straight in the Reich's abdomen. The Reich is bisected. The human tosses the shield generator at Ringo and turns it on with his phone. Ringo is trapped inside. He rushes forward and starts clawing at the shield, not thinking of the easy way to get out. The human also rushes forward towards the fallen Reich and dumps his backpack and digs through it for bandages. Reich abdomens are small compared to the space of their legs take up and are very light. He holds two halves together and wraps a bandage around the Reich several times. Holding them together, he takes a second can of nanobots from the bag, sprays it onto the Reich and presses the big button on the nanobot app marked Heal. Ringo is still throwing himself against the force field, and the village is just standing there, shock or indifference. No time to think of it. Have to work. There's a pellet about the size of a pea in the bag. He places it on the Reich's mouth. It is designed to work on humans, but there's a reason humanity is an ambassador to the Reich. Their minds and bodies are alike underneath the surface, and humans just can't help helping. The pellet goes down the Reich's throat into the stomach, and the outer layer sheds. Underneath is an extremely complex yet small machine. It attaches itself to the stomach wall near the nerve that is the present in both humans and Reich. It extends two needles thinner than a strand of hair, and makes contact with the nerve. It sends a shock towards the brain. It is unnecessary to note at this point that defibrillation cannot bring a person back to life. What defibrillation can do is kill. Defibrillators are a treatment for heart attacks that stop the heart and then relies on the body's own systems to restart it, hopefully without the irregular rhythm of the heart attack. Essentially, a defibrillator turns a heart on and off again. But this machine is not a defibrillator. The Reich returns to life. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.